Hello, my name is Allison Sadler, and I'll be recounting Barbara Meyerhoff's ethnography Number Our Days as part of my anthropology class's World Ethnography Project. I chose this book because I was interested to see what it would be like for the author to research her own culture. I also love the style in which she wrote because it was like reading a story of someone's life. Barbara Meyerhoff's ethnography, Number Our Days, sheds light on the life of a small Jewish community who frequently gather at the Elias Senior Citizen Center in Southern California. Meyerhoff joins this group to begin her understanding of the lives of these individuals, many of whom journeyed to America to escape the Holocaust. As a practicing Jew herself, she begins to understand what is in store for her in the future as she looks to the past and present conditions of others. Since she has written two other books, coming back to research her own life symbolizes her third birth. She is looking at her own culture with new eyes, trying to find what the future holds for her. Her ethnography documents the lives of many who join her living history class to, to share their struggles, achievements, and knowledge of how to enjoy your remaining days. This class provides her with an opportunity to meet the center members, and it also gives them a safe place to talk about their lives. Throughout this ethnography, the center brings life to the dwindling Jewish community, of which Meyerhoff gives justice to as she learns from the members who gladly share their history. Meyerhoff allows the members to recount their past without interference, which gives the audience a full view into their lives. As she records their stories, she gives them a voice, the ability to be heard, and by doing this, she gives them life. These members love to share, and most importantly, have someone listen to them. In this podcast, I plan to speak about the center members who played an important role in Barbara Meyerhoff's journey to immerse herself in her Jewish heritage. She began her research by going to the center and sitting outside on the bench, wondering how she could approach the community. This, however, was decided for her when a community member, Basha, came up and visited her. This gave Barbara the purpose she needed and the idea to start a class to get to know the regulars of the center. Her living history class gave her the opportunity to meet the people who she would write about throughout her book. The way she wrote this book was a different style that helped to capture her point of view. She wrote in a style called Bobby Misha, or a kind of grandmother's stories. The center members would tell her stories and give advice in a way that your own grandmother or grandfather would. She let the members say what they wanted and left it unedited. The main members involved throughout her book were Basha, Abe, Schimmel, Kaminsky, Hetchel, and Jacob. All of these names, however, have been changed in order to protect their identities. Throughout this podcast, I will talk about each of these members and the roles that they played in shaping Barbara's view of the aging Jewish community. First, Basha. This was the first person that Barbara met and the person that she could see her own grandmother in. Her love for Basha was great and continued to grow throughout her four years there. Basha was an independent person that traveled to the center almost every day. Her view of the world was sweet and understanding. She would say, it's good to be a Jew, it's hard to be a Jew. What else is new? She wasn't upset about her situation and never wanted to be a burden to anyone. When she was unable to live on her own and had to move to a different community, 
It was truly a sad day, but she did it with dignity and grace. Abe was the director of the center for the first part of the book. He was younger than most of the center members and was very active in making sure members were involved and heard. Abe was even the person that suggested Barbara offer a class for the members. He was a great source of information for Barbara, and when he couldn't be the center director full-time, the entire community missed his presence. The next person that Barbara spent a considerable amount of time with was Schimmel. He was the cynical, social outcast of the center. In fact, most people there did not like him, but he was always determined to go to keep them on their toes. When Barbara asked why he continued to go, he said, in the old days, there were plenty of room for everyone's opinions, but now most have been pushed away with the urban developments. He goes because he needs to hear Jewish, and sometimes they need him too. It's how they work. Schimmel lived a hard life growing up, and was often persecuted because he was Jewish. However, this did not stop him from doing what he believed. Schimmel may have been Barbara's favorite person at the center, and she helped him document his whole life. He finished it right before he died and left it for Barbara. Now the next person was the opposite of Schimmel in every way. Kaminsky, he was loved by all the center members, except Schimmel, for his enthusiasm and new ideas. He helped to bring in the new members and use old traditions that hadn't been practiced at the center in years. His popularity led to his election as center president, but ultimately, the new ideas led to his downfall. The center members loved the ideas, but the change happened too quickly, and then he was voted out with disgrace. Hetchel was a soft-spoken man who regularly attended the living history class. I thought his story was very important because he spoke about escaping the Holocaust, a topic that many of the center members did not often speak about. During one class, he even brought out his Star of David that had been on his clothing for years. He still carried it with him as a reminder. He offered this piece of advice. You've got to go about pain the right way. You couldn't escape it, so you go into it. Then it melts. You get from this whole thing the idea of life itself, and the result is you're able to take pain in and ignore it because you're so full of living. When you learn to do this, and believe me, it took me a very long time. You get clarification, I would say. His viewpoint offered clarity to many center members, but also upset some. The last person I will mention is Jacob. Jacob was a special member because his family would come and visit him often and throw a huge birthday party at the center for him. This was different for other members because usually all birthdays in one month would be grouped together for one celebration, but Jacob had his own. At one particular celebration for Jacob, his 95th birthday party, there was concern if he would make it because he had been sick and in the hospital for a while. He, in fact, did make it to his party. He listened to his family members all say great things about him, and then he finally made a speech. After this, he had to be rushed backstage and taken to the hospital where he died. This stuck out to the members because they debated if he had died in their presence. This also shook up the center and made them all very nervous. Jacob had also paid in advance for his celebrations to continue for the next five years so that center members could always get together and celebrate. Barbara comes back for this celebration throughout the years. 
She winds the book to a close in 1978, where she reveals that Basha has also died. She struggles to end this book because she doesn't want to say goodbye to all of the people that she has met over the years. The day she finishes the book is a dreary and unsatisfying day. How can she end this book as these people live on and as their memories live on? These survivors have given us the stories of their lives. Barbara has taken this knowledge and uses it to prepare for her future. Now I will read a passage from the book. This passage is from Schimmel, and here he is speaking about leaving his homeland in Poland. At the beginning of this passage, he is talking about his father. Here we go. We're going to dive right in. You understand, it had never occurred to him that he would leave that place. His father lived there and his father before him, and so all the way back. My father had the custom of going often to his father's grave, not just to keep it up, but to talk to him. When he had trouble, he couldn't solve a fight with his brothers, or when there was a sick schema. It was frequent among Jews to go to the graves in this way and invite the dead person to come to weddings and celebrations. So to leave all this behind meant something of the highest seriousness to him. Finally, he had cried his heart full and he remembered me. He smiled, took up my small hand and kissed it. Both of us walked out of there without talking. I remember all our wealth was packaged in two bundles placed on two skinny horses tied up outside. That's how we walked out of the little town behind the skinny horses. A girl I know was standing where there when we passed by. She said to me, is that all? Is this your worldly fortune? All you gathered up in all the time you were living here? I said, no. There is another big bundle coming along with us, but you can't see it. So we walked along the road out from there forever. Schimmel leaned back heavily and rested briefly. In all this talking we do, I am finding myself carried back and back to my town. Out of my vision have come these pictures, these stories, colored and lively as if they are still there. I would sit down and write about it myself, but I wouldn't want to make an end of it. An end, you see, it has its own, without me finishing it off a second time. Besides this, if I talk about it for 120 years, it wouldn't be finished. How can I hope to tell you about what life used to be? So much we have talked, so much there is still left out. If I made the full story, I would have to tell you how it was in Poland going back to my father's father, how they all lived. All this I give you was broken up, torn out, and thrown into the ovens. What words are there to lament this sufficiently? Even if Jeremiah himself would come back and cry out, let my eyes run down with tears night and day, and let them not cease, for my dearly beloved people is smitten with a great wound, with a very grievous blow. Even this would not be strong enough. When Jeremiah ran through the streets of Jerusalem, his eyes running like fountains, still it would not be enough crying. No lamentation could be strong enough to depict this tragedy. It was not only what befell the Jews, the ones who did it. They were no better off than the Jews. They lost their humanity. We lost only our people and our way of life. Although Hitler committed suicide, it was actually mankind who committed suicide and this can never be undone. I cannot say goodbye to all that. 
As long as my eyes are still open, I'll see those beloved people, the young, the old, the crazy ones, the fools, the wise, and the good ones. I'll see the little crooked streets, the hills and the animals, the vistula, like a silver snake winding in its beauty, and then I fall into a dream. It's a dream you can feel, but you cannot touch. You see it still. You feel it. You become part of it. Spring, with its promises, passes out, then very peacefully winter enters, gradually becoming more forceful until it is a fury all around you. Then the elderly men bend over in the streets, and the children run with smoke coming out of their mouths, their poor feet blistering in the cold through their skimpy shoes. Maybe from wisdom, maybe from cold, the old men walk slower, bent over with age, until their beards fall over their hands held for warmth against the breast. The walk was a heavier tread. The black crafts shine with frost. All this is natural. It has no moral, no consequence. In that little town, there were no walls, but we were curled up together inside of it, like small cubs, keeping each other warm, growing from within, never showing the outside what is happening until our backs made up a stout wall. It is not the worst thing that can happen for a man to grow old and die. But here is the hard part. When my mind goes back there now, there are no roads going in or out. No way back remains because nothing is there, no continuation. Then life itself, what is it worth to us? Why have we bothered to live? All this is at an end. For myself, growing old would be altogether a different thing if that little town was still. All this is ended. So in my life, I carry with me everything, all those people, all those places. I carry them around until my shoulders bend. I can see the old rabbi, the workers pulling their wagons, the man carrying his baby tied to his back, walking up from the Vistula. No money, no house, nothing to feed his child. His greatest dream is to have a horse of his own, and in this he will never succeed. So I carry him. If he didn't have a horse, he should at least have the chance to be remaining in the place where he lived. Even with all that poverty and suffering, it would be enough if the place remained. Even old men like me, ending their days, would find it enough. But when I come back from these stories and remember the way they lived, it's gone forever, wiped out like you would erase a line of writing. Then it means another thing altogether for me to accept leaving this life. In my life goes, if my life goes now, it means nothing. But if my life goes with my memories and all that is lost, that is something else to bear. We talked a lot here about God. Do I believe in God, you ask me? What does any of this have to do with God? This I cannot say. Some people are afraid to be alone and face life without God. Hemingway killed himself because he was searching for something and couldn't find it. The wise man searches, but not to find. He searches because even though there is nothing to find, it is necessary to search. About God, I would say I am agnostic. If there is a God, he is playing marbles with us. And now this is the end of the passage with Schimmel. Schimmel was Barbara's favorite character throughout the book, and we can see his words of wisdom ring true throughout this passage. The way in which Barbara left it unedited was clear, here and throughout the entire book with the other characters mentioned. And now this is where I will end my podcast. Thank you all very much for listening, and have a beautiful day.